Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 221 of Dogcast Radio. In this show, we'll be talking about how our dogs can change the course of our lives. I like to believe that Roxy brought me home. She didn't just bring me home. She came to find me and was like, cool. She was even standing outside the house when I, when I got it. And I'm just like, it's all too strange. And we have the Dogcast Radio News. Augie turned 20 years old, making her the oldest golden retriever on record. But before that, I'll be talking to TV vet Mark Abraham and Lucy Parkinson about a very important petition Lucy started. So I uh, started a petition after seeing that Molly May and Tommy had bought a Pomeranian from Russia about just under a month ago. Um, I'd been looking into this before the poor dog had died and wondered why this dog needs to come from Russia. Then the dog died and I thought, people need to know, I need to tell people... I started a change petition and it managed to get 60,000 signatures in, I'm going to say, three weeks, Yeah, just, un- just under a month. So now we've started the government e-petition. Hopefully we can um, get 100,000 signatures. It can go to Parliament, they'll debate it, and hopefully we'll get a law a law in place to, to stop this from happening to other puppies. Yeah, yeah, because it's a, it's a horrible, exploitative business because those puppies look so sweet and you you see them mm. i've seen them online and you sort of you, know, you think oh they're so lovely yeah i could have one of those and yet that that cute puppy and that image is is covering a lot of suffering up isn't it yeah people are getting just they see it and they don't realize what's behind it it's just oh look cute there you go there you go and it's like oh no you need to do really do your research you can't just get a dog from a picture and that's it it's not it's not shopping you're not going shopping for a dog it's it's something it's a commitment you need to know where it's come from what it backs what its background is everything yeah yeah and i mean the more you look into this kind of situation the more you learn how important the breeder is i mean mark maybe you can tell us some more about this but it's it is crucial isn't it that whether you whether you're rescuing or buying it's crucial that the if you're getting a, a puppy that they have been bred in the right way isn't it Absolutely. I mean, it's all about accountability, really. As Lucy quite rightly said, you know, it's it's not just shopping for a, a commodity. This yeah. is a lot bigger than that. And, and your word exploitative, obviously, is incredibly uh, spot on, because that's actually the word that we used in the title of the e-petition. And it's not just the, the puppies that are being exploited, it's the mums that are being exploited. It's also the, these owners that are being exploited, because on the whole, people who are looking for a dog generally try and do it the right way. Yes. And when I say do it the right way, they're not looking on the dark web. Um, they're not going an illegal route. And this is a really important point to make. This is a legal route to market. And there's so much talk about the illegal puppy trade, but there's very little talk about the legal puppy trade. And remember, puppy farmers are on the whole legal. Yeah. This route to market is legal. So that's why it's important, for example, for Lucy's Law to ban the third party sale of puppies but also um, for this route to market, which is something very different to Lucy's Law because it's a, a puppy that's ordered and then delivered straight from abroad to the owner's house. Yeah. So it doesn't involve any licensed premises on the UK. Yeah. So basically it's a couriered good, um, which is why this extra route to market, um, and it's not a loophole in Lucy's Law like so many trolls have uh, tried to tell me, um, it's a completely separate route to market that needs its own legislation improving to 
cancel it out to block it. Yes. Um, going back to your original question, yes, of course, we need accountability of breeder. We need accountability of rescue shelters. You would always look for accountability if you bought a washing machine or yeah. if you bought a telly. And, and, and really, it's amazing how little research is done for a puppy compared to how much research is done for like electrical goods. Yeah. Um, so the reason you see the puppy interacting with its mum in the place it was born, which is kind of Lucy's law, uh, is to see that, obviously see the interaction, see there actually is a mum there, um, see the, the socialisation going on, see the breeding environment, the premises, the attitude of the breeder. You can get so much from being face-to-face with the person who's actually bred that dog. Yeah. And you should, yeah, you should, I say you, the, the person buying uh, the puppy, should be being quizzed as much as you are quizzing that breeder. Absolutely. Because a, a well-bred puppies is obviously worth waiting for but those breeders don't want to give their puppies to anyone because they're family so they have to vet you as much as uh, you're vetting them so um it has to be done properly there's enough stuff out there uh, to to be able to do it properly and i mean underlying point i guess is to always do your research you can never do enough research you can never talk to enough experts whether it's vets or vet nurses or behaviorists um, everyone will try and help you do the right thing. Yeah. And um, that's why, we, you know, Lucy, fantastic effort from Lucy to start this ball rolling. A fan who sees something she doesn't like, starts a petition, and now it's being shared by Ricky Gervais and Rachel Riley and all, all these people. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful example of some um, grassroots campaigning. And I'm really proud to be able to help Lucy, you know, along the journey. And I, I'm pretty sure we'll have a good chance of getting there. Yeah, hope so. I mean, Lucy, you have picked up some some fans of your own along the way, haven't you? So there's been amazing people retweeting and helping you with this. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Like not not the response I expected. I, yeah. When I started, I thought, oh, my friends will share it. Maybe like it'll reach my area, my county. Maybe a couple more. But this is way more than I expected. Yeah. It's just incredible. The response is amazing. Yeah, brilliant. And it's sorry to just to jump yeah. and there's we can't reveal right now, but there is a rumor that there's quite a big celebrity joining the campaign in the next few days. So, really? listeners, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Fast. <laughs> um, it's also important to realize that this is not a campaign that's just being supported by the public and celebrities. We've also already had support from the Kennel Club, we've already had support from the British Veterinary Association. So, there's professional bodies coming on board as well which is really, really important because when the government eventually has to make this decision, obviously after it's been debated, um, they will be looking to their advisors. And if all their advisors are saying this needs to change um, and the most likely solution potentially could be to raise the age to six months of age because then they can be easily detected by a secondary dentition. But also no one's going to want to buy a puppy from abroad that's already six months of age. And no breeders are going to want to keep a puppy... Uh, you know on their premises so that 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 could be the obvious one which everyone seems to be backing but we'll see how that goes and and it'll be flushed out in the debate and conversations afterwards so it's exciting times again for dog welfare yeah excellent excellent you you raise a really important question and or issue and it's something i always say to people you want a breeder who is quizzing you don't take it personally don't think oh you don't like me I, i don't want to buy you a puppy they're, they, they're giving you a pu- you know, their baby, one of their babies that they put so, hopefully, put so much thought and work and, and emotion into. They've really invested, and I don't mean so in money terms, but they've invested in the, the future of this, this puppy. You want someone who is going to say to you, how are you going to look after them? How are you going to feed them? What, what, um, 
what are you going to put in place when you're on holiday? You want that, don't you? Yeah, and the classic question back is, you know, if, if things don't work out, would you take the puppy back? And every every single responsible breeder would always say yes, and the irresponsible yes. breeders and sellers would always say no. Um, it's also worth noting that now the lockdown is coming to an end. The temporary relaxation of puppies being delivered, um, being normalised, is is over. So if you are going to buy a puppy, you have to see it interacting with its mum in the place it was born in England only. Remember, this is in England only. Yeah. Scotland and Wales have both promised but not announced their dates yet. And the other point I wanted to make just briefly is there has been a little bit of sort of confusion around can rescue pups still be imported? And I want to make quite clear that the puppies we're talking about are puppies that are imported and sold for profit when they get here. Mm. So rescue pups coming from Romania or Greece or or um, Spain or Portugal or other places in in, uh, in Europe, for example, are unaffected by what we're trying to change. Yeah. So the most yeah. important thing is to get it to Westminster, to get it debated and then have all those conversations. But it needs to be a conversation that happens sooner rather than later because of this lockdown um, spike in demand there's just people are just desperate for puppies yeah. and this is a legal route to market that, that is being exploited yeah yeah and so that's certain breeds um you do have to wait for don't you there's just no getting around it you you then the proper way to do it is if you're going to buy you find a good breeder you talk to them I, we always say to a, a breeder you know do you have puppies and if they do we don't go at that point because we don't want to be you know, sucked in by the, oh my goodness, you know, lovely puppies. We want to talk to them. We want to see their dogs. We want to really get to know them and then say, yeah, we will have one of your puppies. That's a really difficult thing, particularly if you don't have a dog in the house at all and you're desperate to have a dog in the house. That's really difficult, but people do need to to take that in, don't they? That they can't, you can't just go, I'll have a puppy, please. And have the right puppy, you know, be right in terms for you and for the puppy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is why this whole demand, it's a huge news story. It has been for weeks now. This de- the word demand is yes. quite an interesting one because yeah. there's a demand because people can get the puppies from wherever. Mm. If actually people could only get them from responsible sources, yes, you'd have a demand, but you wouldn't necessarily have the supply. And to, yeah. to, to justify always trying to meet this demand with a supply that comes from anywhere is clearly wrong. So people should be should actually, I know this, is, this whole convenience, one-click society, but when it comes to animal welfare, and as we said, it's not just the puppies, it's their mums as well, uh, that's where rules should be tightened because that's where the damage is done. And not, as I say, not just for the animals, but for these unsuspecting uh, dog owners too. I mean, the, the costs involved of a sick puppy, mm. not just emotionally and physically to that animal, but yeah. financially to yes. that new owner, and you're and you're you're probably going to have a puppy that dies or needs treatment for the rest of its life, whether it's medical, behavioural, surgical. These are ticking time bombs of mm. sort of pain and, and money. Um, and as long as all these routes remain legal, people will try and do the right thing. And and they get, you know, the, the animals lose it out, of course, but the people do too. So it's it, it needs to be tightened up, and Definitely. it needs to be done sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you raise an important point though, again, because. Uh, obviously, your that's your job, Mark. Raising important points, but you know the mm-hmm. the the financial side of things. Yeah, it's it's not the be all and end all, and and you know to to many people that the suffering of the dog, you know, to many of us, the suffering of the dog is the biggest thing, and it, that's how it should be. But human beings, by and large, 
do things because there's some you know there's motivation for them there's something in it for them so if we can get that message across as well that you you stand to lose out financially anyway if you do this you know if, if the if the suffering of the dog and the the parents and and you know it doesn't it doesn't persuade you you aren't hiding to nothing financially as well so don't do it that's you know that's an important message to get out isn't it i, th- I think it is and i think people I think the people, the way some certain people look at dogs is very different nowadays. You know, if it doesn't work out, we can just chuck it in a rescue centre. Yeah. But these yeah. people are paying, you know, five to six thousand pounds for these puppies coming in from abroad, which again brings in this question of perceived value. Something's yes. worth more, must be better quality. If it's from Russia, it must be exotic. Yeah. You know, maybe it's from a Siberian puppy farm. You know, the state that Mr. Chai puppy turned up. It was sort of fine when it arrived, but on post-mortem, it had no white cells, it had a deformed skull, it had seizures just before it died. And and, and, and this is incredibly cruel. And the way that they come over is in crates of maybe four or five puppies rammed in, crammed into a cage. Sometimes someone is, uh, is accompanying them, sometimes they're not. And in this case, it was uh, they were flown to Amsterdam and then driven to the UK to how these sort of breeders work then their fur is all clipped because they're covered in excrement and and you know feces and urine Uh, sometimes they put cute little jumpers on to make them look really cute but it's actually covering the fact that they've been clipped then they go to their new homes and of course it's just a matter of minutes before something goes catastrophically wrong so and that's the same that's the same pattern really that's happened for years with pet shop puppies in the uk you know they're loaded with disease there's no accountability of the breeder and the person gets that dog home, they get parvo because they become overwhelmed because of the stress with parvo and it's incubated and now it's coming out. So it's, it's really no different, but it's, it's exploitation of animal welfare on a huge, huge scale. People are making a fortune out of this and, uh, it, it, and it's legal. That's the, the, really the biggest point yes. is it's legal, it's legal cruelty, it's legal suffering. Yeah. And it's now up to the public with this petition to actually do something about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's in their hands. And we've seen with various events, you know, that t- to get out and vote or to sign the petition or whatever, you've got the power in your hands to do that. So so do it. You know, if you love dogs, sign this petition. Lucy, you've, you've had, say that, sign the petition. People have been signing the petitions in their hundreds and thousands. I mean, what, what are we at at the moment? What, how many numbers do you know? What we're at today. I think it's hit 34,000 today. Wow. Yeah, so it's yeah. Ne- nearly 34,500. And I just, you know, I want to say full credit to Lucy. You know, I know we mentioned it earlier, but for someone to, and this doesn't have to be about animal welfare, for someone to see something that they feel strongly about, to actually bother to do a petition, and it was so well written, that's what really impressed me. And now look, progress is being made. People yeah. are being educated. And, and if everyone stopped <laughs> doing what I'm doing right now, which is blaming people and moaning and finger pointing, and actually started a petition about something. That's how you change stuff. Yes. You turn that negative energy into positive energy, and you start doing some stuff. And it could be in any sector that protects the most vulnerable. In this case, it's just it's puppies and their mums. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always think you get told a lot. You know, oh, one person can't make any difference. Well, stuff that. Yes, you can. It starts with one person, and then it spreads and that one person you know can cause a huge difference i mean have you found the experience lucy because i bet i bet you sort of swamped your life and you have a, a life outside the petition as well that you're getting, <laughs> getting on with so what's the experience been like for you it's quite overwhelming but then not in a bad way it's yeah. like it's really really nice to see the support and it's just going and going and you can see on a map that all the 
the counties in the UK are just getting all different colours and it's you can see that the signatures growing. It's really, really it's a nice feeling. It's really nice feeling that people yeah. supporting something that I felt passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, and and really making a difference. I mean, it must have been such a shock because I can remember starting a, you know, a, a Facebook group at the time, and um, and sort of, and you get people joining and joining, and you, oh my goodness, I've really struck a nerve here. And it's like, what do you do then? <laughs> How do you move forward? <laughs> wow, I've tapped into something. But I mean, you you have, and you've got the support, and it, and it's it's going places, isn't it? Now it's it's going to get this. Yeah. Really is. I'm so proud of Lucy for for doing what she did and how she's she's leading this campaign and it's a it's a it's a real honor to sort of be part of helping her along with that we've got a great team of um pr girls um working with us as well there's charlotte there's emma there's chloe there's uh lisa as well lisa who owned lucy from lucy's law yes, yeah so, so there's a and obviously people like carriad um who are also you know the welsh um puppy farming campaign group so yeah. It's again like Lucy's law. It's a team effort. Everyone pooling their resources. This is a proper grassroots campaign again. No one's got any money to do it, yeah. but it's 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 using creativity. It's using social media, and you know, nearly thirty five thousand people know about this issue that may have not known about it before. Yeah. So that's just as important the education as well as the law change because behavior change can be just as effective with uh, as legislation change yes yeah definitely definitely absolutely um where can people find the petition online where do they need to go to so the the petition is on the government website which Mm -hmm. is petition.parliament.uk that's the petition website where all the fake all those greeny petitions that people would have seen popping up on social media um, and it's banned the exploitative import of young puppies for sale in the UK. Um, but if you go, I mean, you'll, you'll, I'm sure, post we'll it on in. your yes. Twitter and Facebook. And I'll, it's all over my Twitter and Facebook. And really to find it easily, if you're on social media, if, if you look for the hashtag uh, ban puppy imports, um, you'll see it. It's, yes. it's really easy to find. There's, but there's it's on. A lot. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of easy ways to find it. Another way to find it, if you go to the petitions website, the government petition website, and you just go down the list of open petitions. It's not that many. Yeah. Um, and around about, obviously, 34,000 mark, you'll, you'll yeah. see it there. So it's easy to find. Yeah. And then share it as soon as you sign it. Very yeah. important to share it. Yeah. I was going to say, if everybody that signed it shares it, then you've got 70,000 straight away, haven't you? <laughs> Bang. Okay. You'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. Is Fingers there anything crossed. else? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that either, either of you would like to say that we haven't had a chance to say yet? I'll say just thank you to everyone that's signed it so far and just keep, yes, keep signing, keep sharing, tell everyone you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make a change. And I'll I'll, I'll uh, agree with Lucy on that. Thank you, everyone, for signing and supporting, and just yeah, just keep sharing it with like-minded animal lovers. Yeah. And the quicker we get to hundred thousand, the quicker it's debated, and the quicker we can end all this suffering—not just for the dogs, but for the humans too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brilliant. Well, congratulations to both of you because it's been a it's been a really good effort and success. And, and I mean, and, and I've probably said this already, but I really love that when to me that's how the world turns. If we all you know, take up arms on behalf of the cause that we that motivates us, that we love, then that's how the world turns. It doesn't work if we all do the same thing, but if we all fight the causes that, you know, hit our hearts. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a great quote that echoes that, which is a Dalai Lama quote. I'm not a quotey guy, but I like this one, which is, if you think you're small, too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. And I <laughs> yes. love that. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what's happened here. You know, yeah. Lucy's become the mosquito and has thought, do you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And the other thing I'll say is to all listeners um, is if you are tweeting about this campaign and sharing the link, which obviously we want you to do, 
use the hashtag um, yes. ban puppy imports. So I, we can see it and we can thank you publicly as well. And um, because it's about people power and we've yeah. seen already think things are happening and, and this will get to 100,000 and, and hopefully we will get the result that the dogs deserve. Yeah, yeah. It's the petition your dog would sign if they could. So do it for them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you ever so much because I know you're both really busy and you've taken time out of your day. So thank you ever so much and the best of luck. Thank you thank so you. much. Doesn't that highlight the power of one person reacting and making a stand which gathers others and together we make an important difference. If something touches your heart, you can make a difference. At the time I'm recording this, the petition was close to 80,000 signatures. At 100,000, it will be considered for debate in Parliament. You can add your support by searching online or by clicking on the link on the Dogcast Radio site, dogcastradio.com. And to support the social media campaign, don't forget to use the hashtag BanPuppyImports. Dogs can smell human fingerprints that were made up to a week ago. Listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. And now it's time for the Dogcast Radio news. We start with a birthday. A very special birthday. A record breaking birthday. Augie turned 20 years old, making her the oldest golden retriever on record. Her owners had planned to invite 100 people to a party to celebrate the milestone, but COVID 19 made that impossible. Instead, Augie was doted on by her humans, Jennifer and Steve Hettyside, and her three doggy siblings, eating dog-friendly carrot cake and small amounts of her favourite foods, such as blueberries, bread and pasta. Jennifer adopted Augie when she encountered her while she was working as the intake director at a Golden Retriever Rescue Organisation in Nevada. Apparently, it was love at first sight. Augie was a senior dog when Jennifer met her, and plans are already underway for her 21st birthday. Thank goodness Augie is unlikely to wander far from home because a dog going missing can be traumatic for their owners. When Chinese millionaire Wang Yan's dog went missing, he searched and searched but couldn't find his dog. In desperation, Wang visited a slaughterhouse in case his dog had been taken there. In China, dog meat is still eaten and many stray dogs are in huge danger from the practice. Although sadly, Wang's own dog was not to be found, the slaughterhouse distressed him to the extent that he bought all their dogs. And since that day, eight years ago, Wang has devoted his life to finding new loving homes for stray dogs, ensuring they are adopted as pets. In the process, Wang has lost his fortune, but he is rich in other ways. Adopting a dog can have its emotional ups and downs, but for one couple in Dorset, UK, it was something of a roller coaster ride. Maynard Rocketry and his partner Audrey adopted a Labrador called Boo from a Serbian shelter when they found out she was due to be put to sleep. The eight-month-old dog was transported to the UK and all was well until she started gaining weight, making her new owners fear they were overfeeding her. After visiting their vet for advice on what to do, they were stunned to learn that the weight gain was actually the six puppies growing inside Boo. In due course, Boo gave birth to six pups. And another. And another. And another. And another. Look, long long story short, the whole litter was 12 puppies. There were 70 offers to take on a puppy, and thankfully all the puppies but one will be going off to their new homes once they're eight weeks old. 
That's so sad. No, it's happy. What about the twelfth puppy? You said all the pups but one had been found a home. Has the twelfth one got a new home lined up? Nope. Well, why aren't you sad about it? She doesn't need a new home because she's staying where she is. She's going to live with her mum, Boo. Phew, great. But that's going to be hard work. It certainly is, but the family are used to having dogs, so they should be fine. Another Labrador now. Oh, good. Labs are lovely, aren't they? But a four-year-old Labrador, Cleo, went missing from her home in Olathe, Kansas. Several days passed. And she turned up in Olathe, safe and sound? No. Oh, no, but you're looking happy, so come on, tell us what happened. Okay, several days passed and Cleo turned up safe and sound in Lawson, Missouri. What was she doing there? She used to live there and somehow she found her way to what she thought was home. Amazingly, she travelled 57 miles on her journey, but the new house owner said that now they know where she lives, thanks to her microchip. If she ever turns up again, they'll know where to take her. I hope she stays safe at home, though. Me too. But then, staying home can have its dangers, like loneliness. And one owner posted video footage of their dog, who was left home alone, and picked up one of their owner's shoes, carried it to the sofa, and curled up with it. Many people posted how sad this made them, and how they would never leave the dog alone again if it was theirs, with words like heartbreaking bandied around. But is it really sad? It's unavoidable that dogs have to be left alone sometimes, and part of responsible dog guardianship is helping them develop the self-sufficiency to cope with this. True, and to let you decide, we have a link on the Dogcast Radio site to the video in question, so have a look and let us know what your take is. Is this an unhappy, lonely dog resorting to cuddling up to a shoe? Or is it quite a happy, relaxed dog who just likes the reassurance of something that smells nicely of their human while they sleep in comfort on the sofa? We'd love to know what you think, and if you have a video of your dog's behaviour while you're out, we'd love to see that too. Something else that got a big reaction on the internet recently was a tweeted photo of a supermarket security guard holding an umbrella over a dog who'd been left tied up outside the store in the rain. You know by now that we're vehemently opposed to leaving dogs unattended outside the home. But in the rain? Come on. Apparently, the security guard said, well, you never know how dogs feel about the rain. And kudos for him for having more empathy for that dog than their own human did. Again, if you have views about dogs left outside shops, we'd love to hear from you. And if you think we're wrong to be so set against leaving dogs tied up, let's have a debate. If you've ever gone to the aid of a dog left outside a shop, let us know about that too. But that's all we have time for now. See you next time. Did you know that a dog's whiskers help them perceive the world around them? Help them see, if you like, especially in the dark. We all know that dogs can change our lives, but sometimes they do it in quite a fundamental way. Sometimes they help us with disabilities. Sometimes they warn us of danger. And sometimes they connect us to the people we're supposed to be with. Today I'm talking to Kath Jenkin. Hi, Kath. Hi, Judy. How are you? Yep, good, thanks. In- I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I'm having a strangely, strangely hot winter's day in Durban. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> well, I guess we're as good as we can be under the circumstances because <laughs> we're still in lockdown recording this, although who knows what the situation will be when this goes out? Who knows? No, that's true. That's very true. And honestly, the way the way things are going right now, well, hey, anything could happen in this year. <laughs> Absolutely. 2020, what have you done to us? But there you go. As long as we make it to 2021, yeah. it's all good. Well, not all good, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Listen, when we, when, we, when we wish everyone Happy New Year in 2021, just be like, maybe like maybe have a good New Year. Just don't get too happy. Like, just, yes. let's, let's moderate ourselves. <laughs> 
manage our expectations. Yes, that's the thing. Yes, yes. Oh, dear. But there you go. But thank goodness for dogs. Um, yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about dogs. So, um, first of all, I, I know you've got um, uh, uh, more than one dog, but tell me we're going to talk about mainly one dog. So, tell me about Rox. Yes. Roxy, Roxy is 13 years old this year. She's yeah. a Border Collie. Um, so a 13-year-old Border Collie is the same as having a two-month-old puppy in your house. Um, <laughs> she um, is a – she likes to pretend to be an old lady when it's convenient. Um, but actually she is still very much a puppy and a very affectionate, likes to herd me around the house all the time. And if I'm at home alone, because I work at, from home, she will sit at my feet and not move, unless I move, in which case she must herd me at all times. She happily herds, particularly me. And, and it's so funny because she knows when I'm having a not-so-good day, because that is when she'll herd me entirely. Like she will try and climb on my lap while I'm doing something like recording a podcast or do <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything that perhaps I'm, try, I'm trying to be mildly professional in, Roxy will be the first one to come along and be like, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. She sounds lovely. Uh, give her a fuss from me afterwards. But, or, or even during, if you like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but but Roxy sort of helped you find love, didn't she? So tell me about that. She did. She mm. did. So it is a bit of a convoluted story. Um, I am divorced um, and my my partner is also divorced, but um, he and I actually knew each other from when we were teenagers. We, were, hmm. we met when we were teenagers. Um, and I was married to my husband, who is, by the way, a hugely dog-mad man and the best man on the planet, so please don't ever think that there's any bad blood there. Okay. He's, he's, he has two of my dogs as well, and we, we share parenting quite easily. <laughs> good, good um, to hear. So to our neighborhood a couple of years ago, got married and loved our road. And that was when we adopted Jake and Zoe. And so we'd lived pretty happily in our house. Um, And I am very involved in the community watch. And there was a house, a woman who had a house just down the road. She was having quite a lot of trouble with one of her tenants. And one of the days I popped over to her house, popped into her house. And I just got this weird shiver through my body. And I was like, I'm going to here. Mm. I was like, that's weird because we, we had been kind of looking for another house but I, and I was like, okay, maybe that's my I've had it happen before, my daughter and I moved into a flat I hadn't even seen once I, wore, wow. I drove past it and on the internet and the next day I had it it was a very strange situation <laughs> so yeah, so I had this kind of shiver when I walked into this house anyway, I helped this lady out, carried on with my life and then about two weeks later um on the community group, someone said, oh, there's Border Collie in the road. Um, Catherine, because I'm the dog rescue person, go fetch it. So I did. And I discovered this Border Collie in the road outside, pretty much outside the same heart hmm. that I had a situation in. So I tried to walk her back to the local vet, uh, managed to get her there, and eventually managed to get her to the emergency vet where they handle all the lost dogs. Um, and this is where it gets funny. At that time, my partner now um, was also going to the world with a stranger separation. Um, and we had, we've always been each other's sounding boards, whether it's been professional, friends, marriages, kids, all that stuff. We've always, we have this thing about Friday afternoon conference. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's like a funny tradition. Whenever there's been a problem, we'll phone each other on a Friday afternoon. Anyway, so we're, we're, quite, we're quite good friends. 
And he phones me that evening out of the blue. Hmm. And I'm like, what? what's up, Luke? <laughs> Hi. He's like, thanks for rescuing my dog. Oh, wow. He's like, no, you've just rescued my dog. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, really. His, his dog had gotten out from the gate. He lived around the corner and he got, she got out the gate. and I was like okay then it's so funny because I rescued her outside this house that I'm so in love with and we had this whole chat and everything so fast forward a couple of weeks later Luke phones me up to tell me that um, he's moving out and things are happening in his life and things are changing and other things were changing with me too so I said oh okay where are you going to be moving to so he says to me the address of the house <laughs> I had walked into and had this whole shipper about. And I was like, you're, you're absolutely joking, right? He's like, no, no, it's, it's only, I'm my best friend. Yeah. And I was like, sorry, what? But there's a tenant in there. And he was like, no, no, she's moving out because she's had all this chaos that apparently you helped her with. And uh, I'm moving in. So I was like, well, then we're almost neighbors. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah, so anyway, life carried on. Luke moved, um, and I had, obviously, we, we had been going through some very serious life situations um, on either side of it and kind of supporting each other through it. And, um, yeah, the first time that he moved in to the house, I came to help, and Roxy kind of just walked up to me and stared Aww, at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the dog is not, it's not, it's not normal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Went through, went through our respective divorces, um, and I ended up moving into his house. Wow. Yeah. Aww. And that is how Roxy got her way. Oh, bless her. So she, she knew you were meant to be together, and that was it. She did it. That was it. She did it. I mean, there's a lot more complicated stories and, and uh, finer details that I'm definitely going to skip off this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – that is, I, I like to believe that Roxy brought me home. She didn't just bring me home. She came to find me and was like, cool. She was even standing outside the house when I, when I got yeah. it. And I'm just like, it's all too strange. Yeah. It's all, it's all too strange. Then, of course, there's the story about how the dog that lived in the house um, got, well, the person, one of the dodgy people had, who had been living in the house had the stock that they were not taking very care of. And mm. I had said to Luke in passing when he moved in, you know, if, uh, if they don't take that dog, you should take it. Mm. And they left with the dog and came back the next day and said, oh, we can't handle this dog. So that's how we got Yoda. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. They're a little manic crew, but um, yeah, Yoda is rescue. I, I believe that rescue is the best thing in the world, and I think Roxy rescued me. Hey, yeah, it sounds like it. Wow, that's amazing, and that she knew, and it all worked out, and then and that you got that shiver as well, that you knew as well. It was, you know, wow, that's amazing. It's super weird. It, it, it's definitely one of my top ten. I don't know what it is, life experiences, but it, it was definitely, I remember walking into this house and thinking to myself, it was just, you're going to live here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, and it was like, it was like the dog had decided so yeah. she just knew. She was telling me first and then she was going, yeah, it was very funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. lovely. Oh, that's and lovely for you. I mean, I, I, I know what you mean because, 
sadly none of my dogs have been involved in that but I, I do remember looking at houses and just thinking I can see a toddler I was pregnant at the time and I'm thinking I can see a toddler running around here yep yeah, yeah yeah I can I mean in my head I don't mean there really yeah. was a toddler <laughs> but you know I can, <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> yes I can imagine a toddler running around here and um yeah it's just and, and also I have to say when I met my husband years and years ago um I just knew I, I literally oh. I like that and I know this one. <laughs> but I saw him walking through the, the, the crowd and just thought, ah, oh, he's, you know, well, initially just thought he's really nice. And then, then he came over. It was, I was actually on a um, carnival float um, <laughs> years ago. And he came over to our carnival float and I was like, oh, wow. And then that was it. And it was uh, took a little bit longer for him because he's, you know, not as emotionally astute as me. But there you go. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I mean, the first the first time I tried to... Um, I realized that I was quite keen on Luke. I was 15. Yeah. He didn't realize. I understand now. We're 40 now. <laughs> <laughs> and Hercule Roxy was having none of this guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. isn't, isn't life funny? Wow. Life is funny. Life is a strange thing and you have to live it. Um, and it's you've got to live by your nose as well because it will always lead you home and so will a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah. Always, always, always. Yeah. See, I always say that every dog is a different adventure. And sometimes yes. you, you, are you brave enough to take that adventure? It's not always the adventures you signed up for, but are you brave enough to take that adventure? But my goodness, that is an adventure. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, it turns out mine wasn't really much of a geographic adventure. Well, no. It's more of a whole life adventure yeah. that happened in one road. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Wow. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Well, thank. I'm grateful for you telling us. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh. So, t- tell me about. So, the other dogs don't get jealous. Would you tell me about all your dogs, please? Yeah, okay, Yoda. Yoda. Yoda is. Yoda is a tiny corgi kind of. I don't know. Uh, pavement special. <laughs> um, and he thinks he's a cat. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then with the Jake and Zoe, who live with their dad, um, Jake was a rescue. Yeah. as well. Um, uh, he was a very, very tiny rescue. He was our first dog that we adopted, and he was a very sickly puppy, and they said, mm, you can adopt him, but you know he's, gonna, he's likely to remain small, and he's going to be very sickly all his life. But what they hadn't counted on was love and him growing up in my shirt, and he now weighs 42 <laughs> kilograms, and is the size of a great day. <laughs> oh, bless him. It worked very, Well done. <laughs> yeah. And then he has a sister, Zoe, who is a almost like a tiny rock baller, yeah. um, a tiny furry rock baller, and she is incredible and the most affectionate dog in the world. Aww. If she likes you, if she doesn't like you, she will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I can identify um, with that, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm a very similar kind of personality. Yes. Um, if I like you, I like you. If I don't, I'm yep. not sorry. <laughs> I have my reasons. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's when, my, um, when my ex-husband does go overseas, or does do things or has to travel for business or something like that, I get the other two as well. And the four of them become a troop. Um, And it takes a little while for them. It takes a couple of days for them to settle into having, you know, going from two dogs to four dogs. It's utter chaos for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the best chaos of my life. But um, when we do have all four of them together, they they get on pretty damn well. I think Yoda enjoys having – other dogs to play with and Roxy feels quite relieved that she doesn't have to put up with her annoying little brother because uh, he's entertained. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Zoe, Zoe gets him in line very quickly. So, yeah, and he just kind of stares at Jake the whole time in wonder. 
<laughs> so yeah, so anyway, my little tree for pounds. Um, it is. It's it's in t- it's complete chaos having four dogs in the house, yeah. but. Um, it's also complete chaos having two. So if you're going to have two, you may as well have four. And if you're going to have four, you may as well have six. <laughs> I like your reasoning. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing stopping you is the size of your bed. Yes. Yeah, this is true. And sometimes who you share it with. You know, if yes, they don't want the, the dogs in, but then if they don't want the dogs in, go sleep somewhere else. <laughs> I'm very sorry, but people whose, whose dogs don't sleep in the bed, I'm like, what, what are you? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, have you, have you never slept with a dog next to you? Have you never woken up with a paw on your face? Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You've never Meaning lived it. Oh, um, that, that was really good. That was really great to hear. Where can people find out more about you and hear more from you online? You can find out more about me on www.kathjenkin.co.za. Um, and you can find out about the work that I do. I do write often about my dogs too. And you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, Kath Jenkin as well. Apparently, I'm extremely boring and use my real name everywhere. Um, and then, yeah, I do. I do on occasion get commissioned for a lovely column that involves my dogs. But most of the time, my life is my dogs and um, I and my family, obviously. But I mean, the dogs take priority. Yes. <laughs> okay, I won't tell anyone. I won't, won't tell, tell anyone. anyone. <laughs> it's so funny though because i you know i love my family i love my dogs but my husband my husband and daughter say to me but you speak to the dog so much nicer than you speak to us i go but i i do i know i do (laughs) because you can't help it because you just come in and you go hi hi to the humans and yes you know you love them i don't mean that came out quite dismissive yes you love them but and then the dog's there and you just go hello how are you do you have a nice day and you can't help you they would be quite offended they think you've gone mad if you spoke to them like that oh well number one and number two nobody when i get home nobody comes running up to me the dogs do yep people yep. people just like hello and i'm like yeah okay well this one's trying to you know hello i feel like a celebrity so obviously we're going <laughs> to yeah. talk to our dogs better than we do people because dogs are over people every time let's be honest yeah and i do I, please don't get me wrong i love my family dearly my daughter is my life I, my ultimate priority but uh the dogs the dogs have a strong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just, as you say, there's a magic about dogs because who else is overjoyed? It, who else in your life is just overjoyed because you walked into a room? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, the, so... thing, the, the, the thing about them is it doesn't matter what you do or what's going on in the world. The moment that you change your tone and you can you say something like, oh my goodness, look over there or something like, something like that, that, they immediately think it's a party. Yes. They're always yeah. ready to party. Yeah. That's already like say ball and uh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta go. <laughs> oh. Oh. But you see, oh, no, yeah. but again, you know, you say you know, tone of voice. But if you walk into the room and the dog's there and you're sort of like, yeah, yeah, hi, I've had a great day, let's have a party. The dog's like, yeah, yeah, I'll join in. And again, if you go in and you're a bit like, oh, I've had a really bad day, and you sit down, and you miss, the dog's there with you, joining in whatever it is. They're there. Aren't Absolutely, they? they always they always match you, yeah. and they meet you where you are. Um, and that's that's a, it's it's a really really good therapeutic device. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, this <laughs> with uh, with raising Jake from a puppy, he used to be able to uh, honestly that dog could read my mind. Yeah. Still can. It's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> it's a bit weird because he would know. He would know when I got a bad email. He would just immediately lop over, <laughs> you know, oh. something like that. So, 
Yeah, dogs are, dogs provide a, a. I think that the fact that they are called companion animals is is actually a bit of an insult because they're more than that. I think yeah. that they truly are tuned into us more than we are even tuned into them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they can understand so much more than we give them credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so dogs over people over time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but we, we'll keep that between me and you. We won't tell anybody else. Absolutely, that, no. we won't tell no. anyone else. No, so they can go on thinking we're normal, but we'll know. We'll know we're right. Normal is just the setting on the dryer. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a brilliant, brilliant place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Julie. This Cheers, has been such Kat. a lovely chat. <laughs> Roxy sounds amazing. Thanks to Kath for sharing that with me, and with you, of course. We have the links Kath mentioned to her website and Twitter account on the Dogcast Radio site, dogcastradio.com. If your dog has changed your life in some way, I'd love to hear about it. Buddy, my black Labrador, certainly changed mine, because without him there would have been no Dogcast Radio, and I'd never have got into writing for dog magazines and met the wonderful people I have. This year, Dogcast Radio is 15 years old. We have been podcasting for 15 years and they have flown past. Thank you for being part of our journey. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And I hope your dogs have benefited as much as ours have from all the advice over the years. It's been wonderful hearing from people who've been able to understand their dog better, train them more kindly and who've enjoyed hearing from our very varied guests. If there's an interview or episode that sticks in your mind, I'd love to hear about it. Podcasting has changed so much during Dogcast's lifetime. When we first started, very few people even knew what a podcast was, so we used to use the term internet radio to explain what we were doing. Now, podcasts are mainstream, which is great. Anyway, that's all for this time. So until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. Dot com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. A dog was nearly kicked out of his house, but he renegotiated his leash.